The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hello, Caviar Dreamers. I'm Margaret Josephs. And I'm Lexi Buputo. And every week we are bringing you entrepreneur real stories from leaders, disruptors, change makers, and risk takers. We may not be serious, but we seriously mean business. Well, hello, Margaret Joseph. Well, hello, Lexi Barbuda. How are you? Good. I'm doing well. Well, actually, I'm doing medium. I'm exhausted, <laughs> frazzled. I mean, I look like an aging rock star today, which is fine. I like this that's, look. That's my look. I like this look also. I'm into those glasses. Me Very too. I wear them. these glasses when I don't want to have makeup on. But I feel like I'm exhausted because we're working a lot. We are. And we had a little incident on the way in. A Coke explosion. Yes. Not cocaine explosion. I don't want anyone to think it's cocaine. It's Coca-Cola. I, I drink a nice cocaine explosion, even though we have our own beverage line soiree. I like to drink a Coca-Cola because it has the caffeine and I was yes. having a headache and a moment because you I'm a in full season swing of housewives. Yes. And, you know, people don't realize housewives is a business. And that's what I want to talk about today. The show business show business is a term that I think is very loosely thrown around and it's so fun. And you think of like entertainers and dancing and singing and costumes and fabulosity. but the business of the show has really changed. I think even in the six years that you've been on the show, which I can't believe I'm saying that I you can't have believe been it's on six the show. Years already six years, two faces, twenty pounds, <laughs> twenty pounds down. Good girl, you're looking good. I mean, listen, that's another thing. It was funny. Someone said the other day. I don't think it's good to go on the show looking your absolute best your first season because there's nowhere to go from there. That. Is there is nowhere to go from there? So everybody who co- goes on a show, you have to be able to go up. Yes. Yes. Because otherwise, if you come in at your high, you can only go down. I always say not good to peak in high school. Yes. If you've ever seen my pictures, I did not peak in high school. No, I didn't peak in high school either. Not even close to peak in high school. I I mean, you know, I I did look good in kindergarten. I'm not going to lie, but. (laughs) I always looked like five or Mouskowitz. Five or Mouskowitz. I never grew into my ears. And to make it worse in high school, I had orange and red and white blonde stripes like ginger spice. And it was pre-nose job. It was just, it wasn't good. But that's okay, because I could look back and I don't look like that now. No, you know, I look good the year I got married to Jan Josephs. I look good then. Yeah. I had some I had some good years. I, I look good after I gave birth. Then I had that weird haircut that everyone had. I don't know what it was. It was, I don't even know what to call it. Was it Dar- not Dorothy Hamill? That was, that was like when I was flaky? a child. That's when I was a child. Um, I don't know. It was like a wedgie type haircut, but it was very triangular shape. Not a good look. No. But then I had my hair very Marilyn Monroe, which I loved. It was very platinum. So that was good. Well, I feel like you always had style. That was exactly what I was going to say. You had like that classic March style that was very true to who you are. And I think that's. And then, you know, I always had the pigs, little pigtails. Love the pigs. The pigs were iconic. You Mm -hmm. came on with the pigs. Yes. And I still have the pigs, though I like to wear a lot of different hairstyles. But I think the key to this is. You are very authentically you and you always have been when you look back through like old photographs, you know, obviously I know you for 15 years, you're very authentically you and you haven't changed like your core being and core presence hasn't changed over those years. And I want to talk about what it's been like navigating like fame, show business, as we say, businesses on the show and all of the above. So Okay. I thought a little bit about the ABCs, about authenticity, about advocating for yourself versus being seen as demanding, 
about branding and using the show as a springboard for your brand and also about compensation, knowing when you need to get paid and when you have to invest in relationships. Okay. I like, I like all those things. Cause I think people go on a show. There's different reasons that people want to be a public figure, want to be in the spotlight. Some people do it for fame. Fame is very fleeting. I don't understand why people would just want to be famous. They think it's glamorous uh, things. They don't understand a lot goes along with being a public figure. Your words have weight. Everybody weighs in on your life. It's not all, uh, parties and glamour and everybody loves you. Truthfully, a lot of people don't love you. You know, everybody isn't loved by everyone. I am very blessed, even though I'll get the haters on Instagram and things like that. Mm-hmm. In person, I am, people are lovely to me. I, I'm very blessed, but it's a lot of pressure. And I think people don't understand that and they see the glamour and glitz of it all, but that that's not what sh- the business of show is. It's a job like anything else. Even if it's a reality series, Mm -hmm. if it's a scripted series, whatever you are on, whatever public figure you are, it is still a job. And I think people don't realize that. No, I think it's funny. People think about, like you say, the good times and the parties and the notoriety and the 15 minutes of fame. I think now with Instagram and social media and TikTok and all these things, it's not even 15 minutes of fame people get anymore. They get like literally 15 nanoseconds. It's not yes, even 15 seconds. No. And it's and it's work. At the end of the day, it's work. And this is a job for entertainment, regardless if it's a reality series or not. It is a job. And people are here to entertain you. Everybody's a human. And I think you have to know the right way to navigate it. I think People don't understand that. And I'd like to think that I understand that it's a job. Yes. You have to be a team player. You're only as good as your team. I'm only as good as the other women I work with. I'm only as good as I couldn't be anything without you. Be it in my business. I look at everything as a whole. Yes. How does it affect the whole? And I think everybody doesn't understand that. Diva behavior, I do not like at all. I think there are some divas who have entitled behavior mm-hmm. that I have been around. I would never behave the way some people, and I'm not talking about people on my show or anything like that. Just in general. I, I like to think, and I and I am complimentary of the Jersey cast. You have a great cast. We have a great cast. I think they are respectful to production and things like that. So I'd like to say I'm complimentary to them. I don't love them all, obviously. You don't have to. I don't have to. You don't have to love everyone in life. I think they are very respectful women to the crew and and professional. Well, I think that's a very important point that you are a consummate professional. And that's something that people don't understand. Like when you sign on the show, cameras don't follow you like willy nilly and you just do whatever. You do have a contract and you do have deliverables and you have to stay on that show and you have to deliver personal story and you have to be authentic, which I think is really important and show what is actually going on in your life, the good, the bad and the ugly. And as we saw with like Robin Dixon trying to hide some things that had gone on in her life, that's not okay. When you sign up to be on reality TV, it's real. Now, listen, there's things in my life that have been covered that have made it to the cutting room floor for whatever reason. Everybody's life isn't a mess at any given moment. Anything can happen. I also think everyone has to be authentic, give their honest opinion. I do believe that's what's going on. Now, everyone always complains to me, you don't show your kids, you don't do this. They were grown adults. I didn't have 
children living at home. I share the way I feel about certain things about my children, but it is not for me to out private individuals. I think at the end of the day, people have to understand this is a business and the way you navigate it. I think some people go on a show just to be famous. Mm -hmm. They want the accolades. They maybe didn't get enough attention. To me, I look at a lot of things as a business. It's much more important for me to be successful on a show, successful in my business ventures. What am I giving to this? I, I can never, regardless if I'm getting paid or not, I cannot under deliver. I don't feel good about myself. I am never going to just dial it in. I, I have know. a very weird thing about that. And I think you are the same way. Yes. And I watch you with this and it's really funny. And I'm sometimes like, you cannot not deliver in any given mo- in any circumstance, like whether it's showing up for someone to a party, whether it's like, I don't know, like being late to the Uber driver, you always like have to validate the reason that maybe you were late or you, like you really, it boils down to the fact that you give a shit, you care, you actually do care about what you bring to the table, how you perceived, how you know, you deliver and not perceived like, does someone think I look good? Did someone think I'm an idiot? Like you actually care like that, that you brought value to a situation. Exactly. It's a work ethic. And I think that everybody, and I'm saying this to young people, people of any age, every job does not have to be paid. It is what does it bring to the whole? Mm -hmm. People are like, oh, well, she got paid to do that. Or she got paid to post that. I don't get paid for every post I do. I get paid for a lot of the, you know, certain things I do, certain things are partnerships, but Certain things I feel are valuable and I'm going to post it. I think it's good of the whole. Well, I think also compensation and authenticity at this point in in life where Instagram and and reality shows, those two are so, is that the buzzword of the time? Intersectional? Is that the right word to use for this? Yeah, I hope so. Um, They're so intersectional now because if you don't, post about things that are authentic to you that you actually use and that you love the compensation will eventually dry up like i'm sorry but things like fab fit fun flat tummy tea yes um, and and when i first got on housewives i thought fab fit fun was great it was great fab fit fun boxes yes it was page more but guess what i'm not really going to order no and there's nothing wrong with it there are people who will and so I think they it's should a great post gift, about that. and they should post about it that's not something that's authentic to me so it's great to post about things but Everybody has to have their own personal brand. Yes. I'm about my wellness. I'm about looking good. I'm about being healthy. Am I about out running marathons? No, I'm not going to (laughs) be promoting running sneakers. No, it's true. You're about design. You're about decor. Now, how would you advise someone? Because you are very strong in your character and you have a huge sense of self. How would you advise someone on branding themselves? Like what, what would you do? Do you take a look at Like I would take a look at myself and say, okay, what are the things I really love? I would say is what do you exactly, what do you value? What are you passionate about? What drives you? This is, and I'm, we're talking about the business. If you know, I'm talking about show business. If you're on a show, I'm also talking about You don't even have to be on a show, even though we're talking about show business today. Personal brand. Personal brand. Your personal brand. My personal brand, I do lean into entrepreneurship. I do. My passions are the LGBTQ plus community. I feel like for some reason we are both very much drawn to each other and I'm drawn to, you know, any group that's been marginalized. Mm -hmm. And that that is about my personal brand. And of course, I love I've always had a company that's been in design. I've been in design. I went to FIT. So any design project, home decor, architecture, 
things like that are all about every everything that I love and I'm truly passionate about. And I was into that way before I was getting paid to do it. Mm-hmm. As a little girl, I was much more about building, you know, getting my Barbies dressed and building their houses than playing with them. Yes, same. Which was much more enjoyable and things like that. Just now is just like it's very authentic that you and I start a business about a non-alcoholic beverage. I don't drink. That is what I'm passionate about. It's authentic to me. So I think anybody looking to build their personal brand, what is authentic to you? What are you passionate about? I mean, everybody, listen, what woman or man, depending who it is, who's not passionate about shopping, right? But you can't say, oh, my passion shopping, I'm going to do about style. Well, what's unique about your style? Yes, exactly. Do you have a personal style? What is your point of view? You have to have a point of view. If you don't have a strong point of view and you're a sheep for, you know, it's not going to come across. And that's what upsets me. I think when people are afraid you have to, to voice their point of view or they can't cultivate their point of view, I think you are not going to be successful. It's funny you touch on point of view because that's something I really wanted to ask you about. You have very strong opinions. Yes. You are not afraid to voice them. No. You're not <laughs> afraid to stand behind them. You're also not afraid to engage in a conversation that could alter your opinion. It's true. It's it's not that my opinion hasn't been changed before. If people come up with valid points, I love to debate an argument. I I don't say I know everything because I don't. I'm not an expert on many things. Do I read the New York Times? It's mostly the style section. I'm not going to lie about that. I read this thing called the Morning Brew that gives me the recap of of the news and what's going on. I read things about that I'm passionate about. I'm passionate about certain things in politics. Yes. And what affects me. QAnons make me nauseous. Bannon of drag shows. Totally Bannon of drag shows in Tennessee. Unacceptable. Oh, there's an, what are I we going to ban Broadway next? I mean, in, in Tennessee, I mean, it's the same thing. Drag shows are showmanship. Yeah. Well, it's funny. I had to send you this clip, actually. I meant to send it to you last night of John Stewart interviewing, like, whatever he is, the governor of Kentucky. It's so good. John Stewart held his feet to the fire in the best possible way. I was like, so he spoke for all of us in how ridiculous it is. And they're not protecting kids from guns, but so-called protecting them from drag shows. It is absolutely ludicrous. I mean, this is drag has been going on a million years. I mean, Jack Lemon, who is a very famous old old actor, Mm -hmm. dressed in drag years ago. Tony Curtis. There's Tony Curtis. That's even way before that. Tony Curtis is, you know, has died years and years ago in the 50s. There were there were movies. I don't even know what it's called. Some like it hot, maybe with Marilyn Monroe. Oh, yeah. He dressed as in drag. It has been entertainment for years. There is nothing negative. It is fun. It's showmanship. It's it's positivity. And I find it disgusting that this is what we're focusing on. But this, again, takes it back to the business of show. So there's a lot of people in the public eye who are afraid to rock the boat, speak their mind on issues that really should be spoken out against because they don't want to lose followers or lose their fans. How come you don't give a fuck? I feel like I've come far enough in life that I could speak out of what I believe in. And I think everybody's not going to love you. Mm -hmm. And you have to pick a lane. And you can't weave all over the highway. True. And you have to know what you believe in. And the people who love you and are your people will always stick by you. You don't, everybody doesn't have to love you. The people who want a bag drag in Tennessee, I don't want those people in my life. I just don't. They're not for me. Those are not my people. So it's fine. 
Do you think that's something that came as you mature, became more established? Was there a point when you were younger that you felt you needed to please people? Were you ever a people pleaser? I would think that I was a people pleaser to the fact is I want people to be happy. Mm -hmm. But I was always someone who would speak out for the underdog. I was always an advocate. If someone was being bullied, I would stick up for them. So I wasn't a people pleaser to that, though. I didn't want to see people unhappy. Yes. But I would always speak out for what was right. I think I've become less of a people pleaser being around you for the better because I grew up in a country of fucking people pleasers, you know, where we just like are very, you know, we're just by nature, like don't rock the boat, sweep it under the rug, like, ooh, don't cause a commotion. Like, let's just, you know. No, I understand that. I think it's very important to advocate for yourself because if you don't advocate for yourself, who, who will? Something I have learned from you also over Thank the years. Thank you. I'm glad. In, I... in health, because again, I came from socialized medicine, not great at advocating for myself with a doctor, would drop dead before I asked for an antibiotic. Oh my God. And you know, I love to ask for a good antibiotic. Oh, if well, I feel sick, I am right on the hotline. Oh, this morning before I sent my kids to the pediatrician, I'd already called the pharmacist to discuss all the different options of what I could talk to the doctor about. I am the world's biggest advocate now. Like I know, you're amazing. Caught on quick with that shit. But- When it comes to advocating for yourself, and this can apply to anyone's job, how do you advocate for yourself without being seen as demanding? Because I think that's always people's worry. Like, am I worth it? Should I be advocating for myself right now? How do I make demands? Like, how do I research where my salary should be? Like, how do you figure that out? I think everybody has to be realistic of what they bring to the table. You can't have an overinflated sense of ego and be like, well, this one makes this, so I should make this. I'm just... No, you have to know what with any job, what the going rate is. Mm-hmm. You, of course, always have to overshoot because people negotiate you down. Yes. And things like that. But everybody has to be realistic. Yes. Of what what salaries are and what you're worth. Now, don't undershoot. I mean, don't put up with nonsense. I, I always feel like I advocate for myself and and what things cost. I think everybody should be paid fairly mm-hmm. and, and what they're worth. And don't settle. But there's certain times you have to bend and do things sometimes you don't want to do. I think both sides always have to give. Yes. And I think that's very hard. Negotiating contracts isn't easy. I feel like I am a tough negotiator in business. I mean, I won't put up with certain nonsense. I have seen that. It's funny. We went, well, this is not funny. We went to a very sad, very upsetting funeral service at the start of this week. Yes. And... There were so many takeaway points from the speakers at that funeral because it was someone who was very prominent about being a fierce negotiator, but still being kind, still caring. Yes. Still being loving, still being interested in everyone, still being involved, but like really being tough when it comes to negotiations and holding strong. And there were so many key points of that that I took away. And I was like, if I have to leave this like service, like learning something, thinking about myself, thinking about the way I hold my head up in business, the way I act, the way I conduct myself. And I think sometimes I've always been afraid of being seen as like difficult, you know, and again, I think it goes back to upbringing, you know, and I think that that you've done such a good job of navigating negotiations. Oh, thank you. You know, I don't want to be seen as difficult. I, I feel like some women in my life are always in a I'm not calling it always worried about, well, don't say this. This one doesn't like this. This one is going to think it's difficult. Don't do this. And I'm just like, I feel like I'm confident enough in myself and in my being to navigate 
murky waters. Yes. To the fact is I know what's right and wrong. I know when to push and when to take back. I know I never want to push over the line. No one ever should push over the line. But you can push up to the line. Yes, of course. <laughs> but but you know when you have to dial back. And and I think it's something you learn over the years. And th- there is a fine art of negotiation. There There is a fine art of negotiation. Certain things are worth it. Yes. Certain things are worth fighting for. For sure. Now I have a few fun questions for you as well. Like, I never even asked this question. It's such a stupid question. But it's fine. Now, obviously, people know you everywhere. Like we walked into the building today and you ran into someone else who has their own podcast who loves you from the show. Do you ever go to the bathroom and need to take a shit and be like, oh, my God, someone's going to be like, I heard Margaret Joseph shit in in a public bathroom. I, I never, never asked I never, you that. No, no, no. I never make a duty in public bathroom unless it's an emergency. Yeah. But it is funny. I was in where was I? I was in a restaurant the other day. I'm trying to think where I was. And someone was like, Marge. Um, I'm so sorry. I have to approach you in the bathroom and take a picture. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, no problem. I go, could you just wait? I, I need to pee and then I'll meet you outside the bathroom. Oh, we were in the Bahamas. Oh, that was good. That was good navigation. Good I did the navigation. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So it was very, very funny. I was like, do you mind if I just pee quickly and then I'll meet you outside the oh door? I have such GI issues and like my stomach is never happy. I'd be like afraid I was going to shit my brains out. And so I'd be like, I just had a shit I know because some people don't acknowledge they know me till after the fact. Oh, so I, I have to be very cautious. That, well, but you have I, to always be on good behavior for that reason. Yes, yes. Well, I feel like I am pretty much on good behavior, but sometimes I will say a very funny story. Joe and I were in a restaurant with my son, and was his girlfriend there? No, just my son. And we're having family discussion. And I'm crying. I'm having a freak out. God knows about what. And Joe thinks no one knows who we are. My son and everyone's there. And I said, believe me, you know, I think these people know who we are. No, no, no. And everyone's having a fit. And my son thought it was so funny because then these people came over. I'm wiping my tears. And I'm literally, I was having a temper change. They come over. They go, Marge and Joe, we just love you. I go, oh, my God. Hi, how are you? Oh, thank you so much. I pulled myself together so quickly. But meanwhile, I was having a stage five meltdown. I can't even remember what it was about. I was just, you know, my family, God knows family drama, what I was crying about. I can't even imagine how you navigate at one of the worst restaurant meals in my life. Someone DM'd me the next day and was like, I saw you and your family having dinner. I was like, really? You saw my ex-husband, damn, my stepson to eat a jalapeno who did it and then said, don't blame daddy. It was my fault. I shouldn't have done it. An eight year old took better responsibility than myself. We had a huge family blowout. Everyone left the restaurant in tears and I was sat alone with my stepdaughter at dinner and someone wrote to me the next day, didn't want to interrupt. Thank God he didn't interrupt us. It was a disaster. So I can't imagine how it feels at this level now because it does seem like everyone knows you everywhere we go. Of course, of course. And I think that's also the business of show business. You have a responsibility of when you're out in public. I mean, if you care, it could easily ruin a personal brand. Yes. And it could ruin your business and you are held accountable wherever, whatever you do, go and say. Mm -hmm. You have to be extremely careful. And I think people don't realize that. I think this comes down to what we talked about in the beginning is that you actually give a shit though and you really care because you're very grateful to the people that tune in every week, to the people that give you your platform, oh, to the my people hair, that buy your I just want to put this out there. My hair was pulled and I lost a QVC deal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So everything that goes on in your life can affect your business. Yes. People like a clean image, whether it's real or not. Mine happens to be real. People yep. think, oh, because I've had lawsuits. Lawsuits, people don't get as upset about their business lawsuits and depending what the, you know, depending what kind of lawsuits they are. 
business lawsuits are very common. It is anybody who has a business has been sued numerous times. Things happen. Things come up. But other things, I'm going to bring up another Bravo show right now. The Vanderpump stuff going on. Yes. With Tom Sandoval, Ariana, Tom Schwartz. They have a restaurant. Yes. People are now boycotting the restaurant. Oh, I read a little thing about that. And he was like, I have three partners, yes, 50 it's employees, like that, whatever it is. I feel badly about. Me too. His, his behavior, he had an affair. Terrible. Everything else. I feel terrible for Ariana, his his partner, because it's very public. This is, a you know, it's a very, it's just not good in every direction. Not good. Not good. That's one of my big words. Hashtag not good. Not good. Hashtag not good. Disgusting. But he does have a business. It's not just about him. It supports there, other people. It supports other people. Other people work there. His personal life is he is a very public figure. I understand. So people are boycotting his restaurant, everything else. I think yeah. that goes a little bit too far. I understand why everyone's judging him. I'm not saying, you know, I, I understand it completely, but we have to put things in perspective. Yes. It's it's sad. You know, people are going to be like, well, Marge, you had an affair. Da, da, da. No, I'm not saying that. I, you know, You're not I'm, condoning the affair. I'm You're not just condoning it. Don't you know other people yeah, out of business. There's, there's a lot of other people. He's one part of that. But also that's how he's going to support, Ari- you know, maybe have to give Ariana some money. They yeah. are in a domestic long-term partnership. Oh, yes. Yeah, absolutely. So everybody has to dial it back a little bit. Well, we're in a very witch hunt culture right yes. now. Yes. I think is, is. But that also shows you have to live a clean life because mm-hmm. everything you do affects your business. And it's under a microscope. And it's under a microscope. And that's why you have to know what's going on in the world. You have to be very cognizant of everything that's happening. It's a little scary right now. No, it's of what's true. Going on. I mean, I'm just going to give a few takeaways about the business of show business. People who just want to be famous. Fame is not synonymous with successful. Yes. There's a lot of famous people who do not have financial success. Mm-hmm. And stability. And stability. Stability comes with knowing how to monetize a platform because fame doesn't last forever. No, I mean, I was a big lover of Honey Boo Boo. So I feel like I learned very much about the pitfalls of <laughs> fame and success firsthand watching that show. I was very invested in yeah, she the was coupon the original, queen. She, yeah, she was the original holla for a dollar. That's right. The coupon queen, Mama June and Sugar Bear and all their trials and tribulations. And I think that is a crash course in how not to navigate fame. Exactly. Nothing lasts forever. Sh- shows come and go. It's how are you monetizing or making sure that that your fame will turn into something else if that's what you choose to do, unless you just want to, you know, just want to get in a magazine, get your pictures taken at 10 parties and, and could give two craps. You know, it's also about leaving a legacy, which yes. I think is something that, you know, people should care about. Like I've said this a couple of times when we're building soiree, I want soiree to leave the legacy. And eventually when we get there, be able to like provide scholarships for girls who wouldn't be able to necessarily go into colleges and stuff. And you're like, the things you do, like you have an opportunity to really make them matter. Exactly. So what what do you leave behind when the fame and the notoriety is exactly. gone? Exactly. Do something positive with it. With the platform becomes responsibility. I had a business way before I got on the show, yes. a successful business. Yes, I had some bumps across the road, but I have it. I was in Walmart. I'm still in Walmart. I've been very blessed. 
with success in my business. We don't talk about Joe. Everyone's like, are you married the plumber? Yes, he's a plumber, but he's also- He has a very successful business. He has a very successful business of other things that we don't don't discuss because it's not necessary. He's not the one who chose to go on the show. I did. His business is irrelevant to my success. Is his business. Not show business. Exactly. His business is irrelevant of everything else. So I'm just saying, when you have a platform like this, you have a social responsibility, I do believe, to just do better. And and that's really what it is. And maybe everybody doesn't agree with me, but I can honestly say since I've been on the show, I've brought my business back to life. I've done charitable things. I've written a book. Yes. I've started a new business with you. Mm-hmm. I, I've done a lot in my six years. We have a podcast that you we are have a listening podcast to that right you listen now. To right now. So I think in my six years, a lot has been accomplished. I can't say that for everybody. No, I can. I but can, that's the, another great lesson in life. Worry about you, not what everyone yeah, else is doing. And don't doing. ever look. Don't look at ev- what everyone else is doing. Because you won't be successful if you're worried about yeah, everyone Yeah, don't worry else. about everybody else. You just worry about yourself. Yep. That's the most important thing. I've given up group sex, smoking, drugs. <laughs> so I live a much cleaner life since you've become a public figure. So I guess it was Thank forced you. rehab Thank at you. this Thank point. Thank you. I, so. I appreciate that. I think so. But well, I didn't know you had group sex when I was younger. It was so much fun. I th- that was, I think, days. before you knew me. Mm, yeah, me. Yeah. yeah. By the time I, by the time I met you, you were with Stu Holt. I was uh, Stu Holt. Love Stu Holt. Love Stu Holt. Miss Stu Holt. Shout out to Stu Holt. Oh, and also, Baby Stu. I want to say again, thank you to everyone for listening. Thank you for leaving reviews, for being so good to us, for being caviar dreamers, and for listening. Thank you, Margaret, for being so open and honest yes, today. Thank, thank you, everybody who listens. And I hope there were some really good takeaways here because this is solid advice that I lived a long, hard life to get to. <laughs> and you can apply this advice to, to any your business. Personal brand, any potential employer is checking you out on LinkedIn, on social media. So if you want clean and you want a great job where there'll be people, all eyes are on you, like clean your shit up, people. Yeah. And I feel bad for any kids who are out there nowadays and who have their social media out there because we didn't have to deal with that stuff. So seriously, keep your social media clean. I try and keep mine spotless. Keep your bad behavior on the DL. Yes. Keep your bad behavior on the DL. And thank you guys. Thank you. Love you. Love you all. Thanks for listening. And if you love the podcast, don't forget to leave us a five-star review at Apple Podcasts. Follow me at The Real Margaret Josephs. And me at The Life of Mrs. B. And the podcast at Caviar Dreams Tuna Fish Budget. Tune in every Wednesday for new episodes. Keep Keep dreaming, dreaming, Caviar Dreamers. Dreamers.